We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by Prize Picks coming at you late Sunday night after the Wolves 115 108 loss in Dallas on Sunday night. Coming up on today's show, I'll be joined by Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. I'm back at my hotel now as I record this intro, but Chris and I recorded right after the game at the stadium. Chris is flying out to Orlando uh, early on Monday morning, so at the stadium was kind of our one window to get a pod on the books from this game. And because we recorded at the stadium, the conversation is audio only. So if you are listening to this on YouTube, sorry, you won't see our faces best, uh, best we could do for today. I did think it was a good conversation though. It was fun to dig into the crunch time offense and just kind of what went down in the last final minutes uh, of that game. It was nice to do when it was kind of fresh, on our mind and just after we'd come out of the locker room and talk to some of the players on it. Um, we also talked about Jaden McDaniels, um, who I think we we're kind of overdue for a Jaden McDaniels conversation. He struggled offensively in this game, just had two points, one of 10 shooting, but a lot of the conversation was just more broad uh, about Jaden and just as we're talking about ways in which this team needs to get better offensively, Jaden, um, is is hopefully one of those answers wasn't in this game, but we kind of talk bigger picture about that. And that led uh, into just the broader topic of, that lingers with this whole season. Just where does this team get more offense from? They're now 35 games into the season and the Wolves rank 17th in the league in terms of offensive rating, just a number that, that has to go up uh, and a number that's actually been dropping over the course of this last month, the Wolves rank 20th in the league in offense uh, over the last four weeks. And four weeks ago is when this brutal stretch of playing, you know, 16 games against 500 teams over the course of, you know, a month began. And yeah, and that just kind of led into a conversation uh, about this 16 game stretch where the Wolves are at as they're kind of coming to the end of it. They're now 14 games into it. They're eight and six. 20th on offense in that time and fifth on defense 12th and point differential we just kind of dig into that and I think Chris gives good perspective having been on the road 
um, for all of these these road games of just kind of what it's been like, what sort of the the journey up and down over the course of this really difficult stretch uh, in the the season has been. Uh, but yeah, anyways, thought it was good check in with Chris just popping on here at the beginning to to let you know it was. What's going down? Uh, it's about 50 minutes, and that is coming up next. All right. I am joined now in the bowels of American Airlines Center Arena. What is this place called, Chris? American Airlines Center, I think. Center. I think Miami was American Airlines Arena ah. back uh, before the whole crypto thing happened. <laughs> and, I th- yeah, this is American Airlines Center because Dallas and Miami, obviously, two uh, American Airlines hubs as I've come to learn in my travels. So it may, may complete sense. I flew Delta here. Mm-hmm. I did. I I'll be flying American out of here tomorrow. There yeah. you go. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, uh, let's start talking about this game. Uh, Wolves 115 or Mavs 115 Wolves 108, I believe was the final. Let's start by talking about the end of the game. Um, as you kind of asked Ant when we were in the locker room afterwards, we've, become accustomed to the wolves winning in yeah. these exact sort of situations these these clutch games where it is back and forth it's kind of been i mean when i was sitting there and the wolves went and took the lead in in clutch time i was kind of like that that's been the pattern like they come back and once they take it they don't give it back and this was the first time that they they gave it back yeah and i mean a couple different factors there uh, obviously and what dallas was doing what the wolves were doing what the wolves weren't doing there what stood out to you about the the clutch time tonight most it seemed rushed you know i, I know some of the guys after the game and you, you're reading our coverage that they said they thought they got these pretty good looks like especially carl's but i felt maybe this is just me sitting in this media seat in Dallas where you're like right there behind the scores table. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a, a more up close and intense look, but I thought his two looks were super rushed. Um, yeah. I thought ants was forced the, when he had the double, he was look staring on the double team and he just decided to take a three from the right wing. I, I just thought the shot quality was not uh, great. Um, like it wasn't terrible, mm-hmm. but it wasn't great. And then Jaden, had a had a very good look, probably the best look of the whole the whole sequence, and it was just not his night tonight. One for ten, um, you know, we've seen him knock that shot down before, but on a night where he wasn't getting anything to go, he had airballed a three earlier in the half. He was way off. He was way off almost everything tonight. You know that that was just kind of the perfect timing of that moment. Like wasn't his moment mm-hmm. um, for that shot to fall. So I, I just thought they looked a little rushed, a little out of sorts. Rudy with the turnover, um, just out out of character for this team. But you know, to to your point, it's like we're not used to seeing this this year. This is like the first time where they really gave away what should have been a win. Yeah, Ant was even there when we were interviewing afterwards. He was like, I, I still haven't wrapped my head Correct. around yeah. that we lost this game. Like he's like, yeah. I'm not even quite sure of like how do, wh- how the hell do we lose that game? <laughs> exactly. Yes. More colorful yeah. language uh, than uh-huh. that. But mm-hmm. what to kind of fuse what you were just mm-hmm. saying to what Finch said post game, he mm-hmm. was like, we did a good job of, or ant did a good job of at times really getting going during the game. And cat mm-hmm. at times really did a good job of getting going offensively as well. And that was for sure true. That's why they were able to keep pace with Dallas 
you know, kind of throughout the game when Dallas was really effective offensively the yep. whole time. But what Finch said is they needed one of those between Cat and Ant to happen in the last five minutes there. And and neither of them were, or neither of them did. I, I think it can be Cat, it can be Ant, or it can be those Jaden shots right. going in. Or or we've seen Mike Conley. Yeah, too. sure. Yeah. Just the, yeah. the other guys where it's not really a design for them, but you know, so and so gets doubled. They're and wide ends open up, in the corner. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And and none of those things happened really mm-hmm. at the at the end of the game there. I thought it was kind of interesting too the the, the one that really registers in my head as like quote unquote rushed um, was the Carl three at the top of the key. It was Which like, one? He had two of them. It was, was right it, was on the, the timeout. Second one? Ant, it was yeah, the horns the action. One. Had, yep, yeah, the second one. Yeah. Ant was the left elbow. Carl was the. Or they, they had Carl come up off the right elbow, and he came. And they they run that a lot at, right. at the at the end of and games. he's hit that shot mm-hmm. a lot yes uh, over the last couple of years especially for sure and so it, and it's, it's a go to it, move for them yeah. a- absolutely and abs- I have no no problem mm-hmm. with that look yeah that it seemed mm-hmm. a, a little rushed sure but whatever I mean I'm I don't mind a Carl Anthony Towns top of the key three there was interesting to me was it felt like in that clutch time of the game the last five minutes that a lot of the cat things were design plays for him like that, you know, yeah. a, a, where, you know, Finch is intentionally trying to get it to cat there. And there was less of that, if any, for Ant. That was really like designed by Finch to, to go to him there. And I, you, you, we sit here now and they, they lose the game and you didn't get cat or Ant going. But I was thinking while it was happening, I'm like, that kind of makes sense, right? Like Ant is going to organically more times than not kind sure of find his shot find his look um in in those moments just because he has the, the ball in his hands um but what ended up happening in this one is it was more of the design looks for carl and none of that really came in the flow for ant and again when you were interviewing him after the game he was like I, you know i i need to be more aggressive i only took one shot in the, right in the last right. three minutes of the game and you know he did the you know, I love bullets in the chamber thing again there that, you know, he's kind of been saying of wanting to be more and more aggressive. And I've been kind of like hard on that, yeah. I think, since Christmas. And I think somewhat justifiably so, like that, you know, the in ants sometimes excessive aggression over these past few weeks that it's cost the team. I actually really liked ants aggression in in this game particularly in in the first half there. So, you know, some people might see another ant say in post game, you know, I need to be more aggressive sort of thing and roll their eyes and be like, no, this is actually why the ball's been being turned over as much as it has. This is why the offense has been getting quote unquote sticky, whatever. Um, personally, without, I mean, I haven't, obviously haven't gone back and watched it, but it, it felt like the right aggression from Ant. I thought yeah. I thought for most of the game yeah. and you know it's 27 shots so a lot of shots but it felt right except in those last few minutes where it's like yeah I maybe did want to see more of Ant and is that reactionary if Carl hits those threes am I saying the same thing maybe not but um I just wanted to say I didn't think it was like the wrong type of aggression mm-hmm. broadly for Ant and if anything I'm after disagreeing with his needing to be more aggressive comments in in the past two weeks i think that was a time where i do agree with him 
that maybe it could have been more than one shot in the last few Yeah, I, I wonder how much that possession where they did have the double on him and he just he, he shot the throw. I wonder how much that had an effect. If Correct me if I'm wrong, but did, was he the one that set up the Jaden three, the look from Jaden for three? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that was the right play at the right moment. Just didn't mm-hmm. work out. Um, I'm, I'm with you, though. I mean, this was like I can't recall a game where Ant got to the bucket as easily as he did tonight mm-hmm. um, for long stretches of, of time. Yeah. Um, Dallas was – what's the word I want? Not careless defensively, but it's like, all right, we're, we're not going to double him. We're going to let him get to the lanes. And, yeah. the, and he was just like, okay, you're going to let me do this? Like, sure. Multiple trips down the floor in that uh, – was it the first quarter – and then the, the didn't look so quarter. easy. It looked incredibly easy. That's yeah. what I mean. Like I can't recall a game where he had that much ease getting to the basket and finishing. Yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of contact. He wasn't getting really fouled all that much because there was very little resistance mm-hmm. at the rim. And then you know, obviously late in the game, they started to pay him a lot more attention. Um, I'm with you. I, I do think the last couple of games has felt like a good mix for him um in terms of finding his shots attacking the rim making the right the right plays i i think the i think in the previous games it was way too much him looking for his own shot too much Mm -hmm. um i I think the last two games though tonight included uh have been really really good ant games yeah Um, i wonder if like that's part of the process you know, yeah. and you know, like, and again, like hand raised here, where I've been kind of rolling my eyes at the "I need to be more aggressive" mm-hmm. idea from Ant, but maybe he needs to have like that overcorrection almost to get back into. Uh, maybe I'm just aligning things. I, to, I don't to think. Line I, don't up think with, I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I think. I think in some way he, you know he can't go for stretches of time of a season without feeling like he's going to get his. Yeah. I think that's a real thing. And I think it's, it's a a double-edged sword or whatever. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's dangerous, like, because he can over exert himself Mm -hmm. and that can cost him. And I think at times in this stretch it, it has, but I, we haven't seen Finch like muzzle him in, in any sort of way since he's, had those comments and has been more aggressive. And I don't know, maybe that that is something we should ask Finch is like, clearly there has been a mentality shift towards more aggression from Ant. How do you go about coaching that? And when it is such a potent offensive scorer, I mean, you don't want to take that away from him, right? You can't put the reins on him. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. I mean, it's. I guess this is whole thought is is a work in progress, mm-hmm. but I think it is worth noting in like the last Dallas game when he had 44, mm-hmm. I, I said afterwards, I was like, I don't think that was one of Ant's best games of his no, career. No, it didn't feel like it. Right? Absolutely Even not. though it was probably a top five highest, maybe second, third highest scoring game of his of his career mm-hmm. maybe that was part of the overcorrection and in theory you know you're you're settling into into something you know better there but it's it's certainly the maybe the post christmas theme with this team is ant looking for his shot more and more 
and the positives and benefits, the, the, the positives and negatives that, that come with that. We've, we've harped on the negatives, the turnovers, mm-hmm. the ball getting stickier. Um, yep. But there, there are positives in that too. And if you find that middle ground, I think that's, um, that's the, the ideal spot, obviously. Yeah. But maybe that is, uh, is something that's going to happen over time. The last thing I had um, in about crunch time of the game was I thought it was interesting and I mm-hmm. thought it was kind of working or a good idea that yeah. they switched Jaden and Ant's matchups. Jaden had been on Luka, yes. and Ant had been on Kyrie for the majority of the right. game. Wolves called the timeout with like 5.52 to go, and Ant started picking up Luka kind of like full court. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this you know this, this hasn't been the matchup. And I, it's one of those where if the Wolves win the game, I guarantee we're pointing to that. And being like, yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, they, they yeah, made this yeah, yeah. shift, and I mean, what ended mm-hmm. up happening is I thought Ant did a pretty good job I, on Luca. There, and I thought, shots. and I thought Jaden had a couple nice moments on yeah. Kyrie. Kyrie just had that one where he stole the ball from Rudy, and it was right. kind of a scramble after that. And but there were a couple times where like Jaden was just walling up on Kyrie, and mm-hmm. Kyrie didn't know what to do. Yeah, well, I mean, um, <laughs> that that is, yeah, it is just interesting in general with Jaden of like who's a, obviously a great perimeter defender, mm-hmm. I go back and forth of being like, is he better against those big guards or against little guards? You know, and like, yeah. I'm like, Brandon Ingram always seems to give him a little bit of trouble, and he's mm-hmm. about the same size as him too. I think maybe just the idea that it was something different yeah. I, I thought was a good idea from – seemed to be a kind of a collective brain trust sort of thing yeah Jaden and everybody everybody was in on it yeah yeah Yeah. finch said we just felt ant was doing a good job of just blowing up a lot of screens all by himself at Mm -hmm. that point in time he was getting into him and making it difficult he wasn't going to let him have the step back then we also felt that Jaden's length and Kyrie could be a little bit more bothersome I thought that was just Mm -hmm. um an interesting thing and the more and more I I think about this team or I think about it through a playoff lens. I sure. think about the the need to get that sort of defense from Ant, you know, or or more of that defense where it's a, a weapon. And it, I think it's not a bad idea if it's occasional, you know, where you weaponize Ant occasionally at the end of the game or periodically. Um, I think it's unrealistic to be like, all right. 38 minutes you have this guy you know right. and stop him that's mm-hmm. not and, going to happen and be our offensive load bearer at the same time exactly yeah, yeah. exactly so that's you know mm-hmm. I, I think there, there's something to navigate there but I'm putting I'm putting a pin on that and just well and it, it's, just, it's just interesting to think about okay in the playoffs you know does ant do that for longer stretches of time mm-hmm. does he does he zero in defensively yeah you know, because it is the playoffs, is that another gear that this team can take that they're not going to show necessarily in the regular season mm-hmm. where it might be like, OK, Ant, you're going to guard. I don't know. Throw, throw somebody out there. Uh, well, uh, I guess like Orlando, maybe you don't put him on Franz Vogt. Like, well, I'm th- just thinking if, the it's, if it's Tim Rule yeah. versus Orlando <laughs> no. in the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just know. thinking like in general. But, uh, putting but, him yes, on the, yeah, the second yeah, or third yeah. wing or whatever, which happens game to game. It's I'm always right. interested yeah. about well, the, against the Pelicans. He guarded Zion. Sure, you yeah, know? And yeah, then yeah, yeah. I think like last time they played Dallas, he guarded mm-hmm. Derek Jones Jr. You know, like mm-hmm. very 
very different ends of the spectrum of like offensive potency that he's mm-hmm. that he's guarding against. Um, yeah, I think I think that has to be part of the answer for the playoffs or yeah. the big picture or just crunch time. Like crunch time. Well, is that's, kind well, that's of what playoffs. it's. That's what the formula is yeah. now. It's mm-hmm. it's like fourth quarter, last six seven minutes, whenever he checks back into the game mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter has kind of been that this right. year. Right. But does it become that for the whole half mm-hmm. in the playoff game? Does it come for whole games? And can you do that while taking twenty five? Well, not having thirty shots. Offense, you know, right? that, that's which, you know, that's that's the question, and that's hard. Which is which is easy for the the common fan to think yeah. like, okay, yeah, you should be able to do that. You're, but mm-hmm. it's it's a lot. It's a lot to ask somebody for sure, particularly when it's on ball and it's like. Literally, if it's Luca or if it's Brandon on, if it's on ball defense, yeah. and you have the ball in your hands on the other end of the floor all the time, yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, but and and we've seen him, and to Ant's credit, like he's never been one to shy away from wanting to take those responsibilities. He's come up with big defensive plays mm-hmm. uh, late in games before. He relishes the opportunity. He enjoys it. Um, and not every twenty-two-year-old offensive-minded. Uh, scorer in the league can do that, right. so I, you know, I think it's it is a, a little ace up their sleeve, so to speak. Um, yeah, you know, for later in the season and later in tough games like tonight, obviously didn't go their way tonight, but in general, yeah, yeah, it's it's for sure something to to put a pin in and another potential weapon for this team. Mm-hmm. Let me uh, mm-hmm. quickly uh, grab a break here. Say that today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife. Brewing Company, and we want to just kind of let you know what's uh, going on at Falling Knife this week. Obviously, the Wolves uh, play in Orlando on Tuesday and in Boston on Wednesday, you know, two of the best teams uh, in the Eastern Conference. I think in particular about that um, that game against the Celtics on, on Wednesday is, is obviously kind of, if you're into this team, must watch TV uh, for, for this for two teams who are, you know, at the top of their conference on, on the Eastern Conference and, and the Western Conference. So keep that in mind, um, whether it's Tuesday night or Wednesday night, to be uh, checking out the Wolves at Falling Knife. And uh, they also want me to mention that, you know, a lot of people do maybe a dry January. There are non-alcoholic options there at Falling Knife. Um, they do different types of drinks. It's not just beer. They have different seltzer cocktails. They have seltzer cocktails without alcohol, and then they do serve THC options in the tap room as well. Just got to pick one of the two between the THC beverages or the alcohol one. So um, as always, we want you to just be keeping uh, Falling Knife on your radar for Wolves games, first and foremost, but also just you know happy hours with your uh, you know work buddies or friends or whatever it might be. So that's Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. And then just quickly, we do have two tickets to give away to Friday's game um, against Portland. We're giving these away to Patreon subscribers uh, all season. We have a bunch uh, in January and here throughout the rest of the year. We've already given a bunch of them away. To be eligible to win two lower-level tickets, you just need to be a Patreon subscriber, patreon.com slash MBA. That link is in the show notes of the episode here. But, yeah, you just send us an, a message on Patreon, you need to be a subscriber subscriber to send that message, and uh, we will uh, let you know who will probably give those on Thursday uh, to to whoever does win those. So patreon.com slash MBA, a great way to support the show if you can't support the sponsors directly. 
All right, Chris, let's uh, keep kind of moving through this game. I want to, maybe this is a weird direction to go, but we were just kind of talking about Jaden and missing that shot. It was a, you know, Finch always talks about Jaden as being a barometer of, of the Wolves uh, offense when it's a good Jaden McDaniels offensive game. It's oftentimes a good Wolves offensive game tonight. The shot just clearly wasn't there. You alluded um, to the the air ball he had and just really just didn't look like he had the confidence in his shot that he, you know, typically does have. Jaden finished with just two points, one of 10 shooting over five from three. I'm just kind of curious whether it's tonight in particular, maybe just more broadly, what you are, I think we're all feeling like this team needs a little bit more offense. Jaden looks like a place to go for that. I guess my question to you is how does that happen? Mm. Well, that's why they don't pay me millions of dollars to be an NBA coach because I really don't have the answer to that question. <laughs> Finch did have the answer pregame. Um, yeah, yes, that's, that's right. His answer was other people have to pass him the ball, <laughs> um, which obviously very true. Um, I, one thing that I've always been a little impressed just watching Jaden over the last couple of years I always thought that there's been a little more to his offensive game than he was letting on. Sure. And I think one of the things that is maybe a little bit of a letdown or a slight disappointment about the kind of season he's been having is that I really don't feel like – I feel like he's played better offensively, mm-hmm. like la- stretches of last season and even the season before. Um, and I don't think he's quite reached a, a level of consistency that he's been at. Uh, in previous years on the offensive end of the floor. Now, he's been hurt um, at various points this season. He started the season injured, Um, obviously had the the injury, what was it, like eight, nine games into the season as well or whatever it was. So it's been a bit of a herky-jerky kind of year for him so far, and I just don't feel like he's found – a rhythm offensively that he has at other times. Now, maybe some of that is on the Wolves' offense as a whole, as we know, and what Finch alluded to, you know, the whole barometer thing. Um, and there's truth to that as well. But I, I do feel like I just we just haven't quite seen what he. I think I think what I think he's capable of. Yeah. Offensively, um, as as a whole, so. I, I just think that that's another missing piece to this team season that if he finds a groove at some point, what, what, how different mm-hmm. does this team look on offense if Jaden is more consistent on a night in night out basis uh, with his game? You know, I, I think of with that is when do we always see Jaden have like eight points in the first quarter? It's when the other team tries to hide a bad defender, little guard on him, right? And I would imagine in those times, it is play calls. You are trying to actively Mm -hmm. direct some offense towards Jaden at at those times. And when Finch was only half-jokingly saying the the other teammates need to pass him the ball because Mm -hmm. we don't – what he said, he goes, because we don't run a lot of play calls for Jaden. I wonder – if maybe you can look to Jaden a little bit more, more direct the offense when it isn't just like Trey Young on him, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and and maybe believing that he can do more against a mediocre defender, 
rather it doesn't just need to be someone that he's you know six inches taller than and can just shoot over right right and and maybe that's a bad this is a bad time to be making that argument after he goes you know one of ten in this game but there's something to be said I think with Jaden and I think what we can all kind of glean about his personality and mental makeup that it helps him to get going early yeah. in games I, I think that's true with Nas you know there's like if he's you know makes that first spot up three or he gets one of those driving dunks to the basket it's like there's something contagious about it maybe and I think Nas probably does a better job of just like finding his stuff in the flow to make that happen than than Jaden does but I don't know that's just something I've been kind of as this has become more and more of a theme of like the Wolves need more offense where do you get it from maybe you just need to direct some more of that uh Jaden's way but at the same time honestly man I don't know if it that would be great I don't know either. We don't. We really don't. Like don't it's. I'm looking. At, I'm looking. It. I'm looking at his numbers now, and it's not like he's way off of where he was last season. Like coming into tonight, this is basketball reference, so it doesn't include uh, the one for ten tonight. But I mean, he's down to ten point eight points a game from twelve point one coming in tonight. Um, turnovers down from one point four to one. Three point percentage, thirty nine point eight versus thirty seven point five this season. So slight dip, but not yeah. still very good. Not a problem. Uh, two point percentage up, fifty eight point eight really? to sixty two point three percent. That's really good from two. Overall, overall shot volume nine point one attempts per game last year versus eight point four. Mm-hmm. So the so, question is: is if you dialed up the directionality towards him, mm-hmm. how much do mm-hmm. those numbers change? And they probably, as all players do, you know, you're saying, yeah. you know, go. Cause the part of the reason why it's sixty two point three percent from two is because a lot of it are just like cuts, you know, which is true. That's true. Yeah. Like he's yeah. good at being able, you know, to, to find mm-hmm. and do. And maybe if you do direct more offense to him, it's more of those like 10 foot faders, which he can make. Mm-hmm. But like what clip can you reasonably, you know, estimate Expect. him to get there? I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I've been thinking about this a lot with a lot of a lot of the things that we are saying this the wolves need more of right you need more better offense you need to turn the ball over like a lot of it does just come back to carl and ant like that that's where it has to 100 that's just yeah. where it has to come from and, yeah. and it's not like those guys are having bad offensive seasons by any means it's just like the reality of the situation is they're 20th and we know you probably you don't want to like direct more offense towards Rudy, Mike Conley might kind of be at the max of where he is. How much more can you ex- like ask offensively out of Nikhil or Kyle or Nas? Like it does so much of everything when you say, how can this team get 5% better? Right. I just think just in self-reflection of what, what I've been pointing to, I think I've been pointing to like the things that would make a marginal improvement. Right. And, and maybe, and I think Jaden would fit that. It's a, it's a marginal improvement to really blow things up and become and have that. Oh, all of a sudden the Wolves are a top five offense in January. It just kind of needs to be Cat and Ant in conjunction, you know, being kind of lethal offensively mm-hmm. together. I'm not sure. I'm not sure there are other other real paths to a major offensive leap if that makes sense uh, uh, no I, I, i'm with you on that on that front it is ant f- 
figuring out the the balance of playmaking versus shot volume. Um, it is him continuing to get to the free throw line. It is Cat continuing to be a very efficient player as he has been for most of this season. Um, and everything else is kind of ancillary. I mean, I'm, I mean, you know, to to every to this point, I mean, look what happened against Houston. Jaden goes, I think it was seven for ten. Yep. It's a twenty-five point victory. He goes one for ten tonight, and they lose. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, Ant and Cat had. I, I I forget what Cat had against Houston, but I want to say it was like twenty-four. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, they had like kind of similar numbers mm-hmm. to what they had in Houston. Um, you know, the bench wasn't quite as sharp tonight um, as it was in Houston, and Jaden wasn't as sharp tonight as he was in Houston. And really, that's, you know, we say it's Ant and Cat, but I feel like Ant and Cat were there each of yeah. the last two games. The supporting cast wasn't necessarily there offensively tonight. The the, the complimentary offense no, you're, was, you're right. was, it, not, was not there. You're right. I, and, like, and I don't think the offense as a whole was, like, Ant and Cat were not bad. It was not a bad mm-hmm. offensive game, I felt like, over but over. It, maybe overall. what it is is it needs to be, like, offensive games that are building on each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, because I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Ant and Cat have been good offensively lately, yeah. individually. Um, they're having good offensive mm-hmm. seasons. But if we were having <laughs> a doing a pod before the season started and we were like, yeah, Ant and Cat meeting, maybe exceeding offensive expectations this season, mm-hmm. you know, 35 games in. And like, and then you told me they're 20th or whatever they like 18th on offense, 19th on offense overall, below average. Yeah. I'd be like, what the hell? You know? Right. And and I don't really know what the hell, I guess, is what I'm yeah. getting at. I think yeah. it's a it's it's probably a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, I think you have to look I, I don't I mean, Carl Anthony Towns on bad teams for many years was a walking top 10 offense. Mm-hmm. But that was as a fact, you know, why, why not now? And and I think it's I mean, and, and obviously it's some of those spacing issues. Rudy's there, the, the Kyle stuff we've talked about. But if you have Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns on your team. Almost irregardless of what's around there, it's got to be better than 20th uh, yeah. offensively yeah. and and you know maybe that's nitpicking on them some, but I don't know. I, I think these other things are going to make marginal improvements that we're talking about. Yeah. And when we talk about making a leap offensively, which I actually think will happen in some sort of stretch, I think when we point to it, we're going to be like, yeah, turnovers are down, and Ant and Cat are playing off of each other and becoming twenty-five, thirty-point-a-night well, scores super efficiently. Well, let's let's think about let's think about what it looked like two years ago when they did make that that run to being the number one offense in the league from January onward. What did it look like around at Ant and Cat? What happened with the other guys that, that sent them into the stratosphere? Torian Prince Mm -hmm. got out of an early season shooting funk and it was lights out from the, basically the second half of the season. Um, Nas played. Nas played well. Yep. Um, Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, Pat Bev, from what I remember, <laughs> offensively was decent. Yeah, yeah he was. Um, Vando did his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, was kind of the 
you know the the non-threat offensively, but still but was really active. Got his was glass. was really active. Carl was getting double in the post mm-hmm. all the time, so Vando was open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Beasley coming off the bench as shooting. well. Yeah. There was more shooting on that team, right? You know than there is on this team, mm-hmm. and those shooters were getting good looks because of Ant and Cat. Yeah, and they finally started hitting them, hitting a decent clip of them. Right. Um, and yeah, there weren't uh, ever. That's a good point. There weren't ever really like two li- lineups that had multiple non-shooters or questionable shooters. Right. It was like Vando, every every lineup had a pretty good knockdown shooter in if it. If I remember correctly, I was trying to think of like who else would have been a quote-unquote non-shooter, or weak shooter that played. J Mac. I think that's the year J Mac shot forty percent. J Mac was J Mac had probably his best year of his career yeah. that year. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where he was playing over D'Lo in the yeah. in the playoff right, series right. at the end, um, yeah. you know. So it, it just there was a lot of shooting, mm-hmm. a lot of shooting, a, a lot of good shooting. Right. Um, you know, D'Lo included in that mix. Um, you know, yeah, and, and this team is just differently constructed and doesn't quite have that where you could you could blame it on shooting luck. Their their early season offensive woes and. When it clicked in, in that second half of the season, it really clicked in. Right. I to your point, I don't know when I look up and down this roster, aside from Jaden maybe taking a, a step forward, you kind of know who everybody is offensively at this point. You know who Nikhil is offensively. You know who Kyle so Anderson not like is a right guy now. Where you're like, let's unlock more of it. Like I mean, Nas they, they thought they thought Shake was going to be yeah, that that's guy. You know, that's Shake was supposed to be kind of that guy who was mm-hmm. going to be the right backup point guard creator shot. We think he, you know, the, how many times do we hear early in the season? We think he's a better shooter slash scorer than, you mm-hmm. know, people might think. He's going to get us out in transition. Yeah. That, that's probably, that was, that, that was part it. of that team too. Yeah. Cause they really got yeah. out and ran. Yeah. I mean, it was yeah, a yeah, smaller, yeah. faster team too. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm so maybe I'm making the case to get a shooter at the deadline. Yeah, here, right. You yeah. know? <laughs> that case has been made. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, no, but but maybe that is, as we're just thinking out loud, it, it, it probably just is a handful of different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. I just, I do think in that handful of things, mm-hmm. at the top of the handful is Anthem Cat. Mm-hmm. And, and what do those two really do that stacks on each other so as to be like an exponential uh, growth. Today's show is brought to you by Doer, D-U-E-R, and my Doer jeans are the most comfortable piece of clothing I own. I've really been wearing them everywhere recently. I wore them to Christmas Eve dinner, and then I wore them to the Wolves-Lakers game a few days later because they're formal enough to pull off for a dinner and comfortable enough to be more casual. What I love most about these pants is that they actually make me like jeans again. Uh, before Doer sent me some of these jeans, honestly, I just wasn't a jeans guy. I didn't like the feeling of super stiff denim. But Doer jeans are my go-to because they're not stiff like that. Doer stretch performance denim and lifestyle apparel is designed for all-day comfort and durability. They have styles for men and women that can be worn all year round. Doer's denim is antibacterial, which means less washing, made of temperature-regulating fabrics for moisture management. The performance denim fabric has CoolMax technology, keeping me cool and dry in any weather and the fireside. And all weather denim styles are perfect for staying warm. Doer clothes are sustainably crafted, so they'll last in my closet for years. I absolutely love my Doer jeans, and I know you will too. Check out Doer's flagship stores in LA 
or Denver or shop online at shopdoor.com slash Dane Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use the special URL, shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. You'll want to take advantage of this because Doer never goes on sale. Don't wait. Get 15% off now by going to shopdoer.com slash Dane Moore. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week, and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code DaneMore for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DaneMore, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But let's keep moving on here. Uh, Chris, well, let's, before we wrap up this game, I, I want to kind of do a check in on where we're at for the, in the midst of this 16 game stretch. That the hell really march. Difficult. The yes, hell march is that yes. where it, that, it took us 14 games. That's what I said games. the other day. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the hell yeah. march. Uh-huh. Um, they're, they're 14 of 16 games into it. They, eight and is, six now. Eight and six. Mm-hmm. Again, 16 games all against above 500 teams. Um, 11, you know, 11 on the of which are yeah. on the road. I have that like tattooed in, in my brain right <laughs> yes. now. Okay, okay, maybe we'll just go into it. The other thing I wanted to hit uh-huh. on was I'll just sure. say, yeah. was I think this team is becoming more forceful on the offensive glass. Yeah. Right yeah. tonight. Uh, they mm-hmm. were tonight. Um, they had 17 offensive rebounds through three quarters. They only had one in the fourth. That was kind of part of their offense. Rudy mainly was that. He had right. six offensive rebounds uh, in the first mm-hmm. half. He didn't have any points or any offensive mm-hmm. rebounds um, in the second half. Obviously, he had those two really critical and hurtful turnovers in, in that time, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, more 
more broadly, I think when Finch says this team wants to be a big team, needs to be a big team and do big team things, the offensive rebounding is becoming more and more of a thing. And to the whole like playing off of each other point, I think it's getting tougher teams when both Cat and Rudy crash mm -hmm. of like, you know, those are two offensive rebounding forces that are playing like it recently. And that could be part of the, to the Vando point before yeah. of like something. more active on the offensive. Class. I, I think that yeah. could inject this team. I would guess it does actually that that's looking for. I think that's go, a good point. And that I, that's where it comes from. Yeah. I think that's a good point. Cause I think early in the year and especially given everything that happened last season with their transition defense, there had to be an emphasis on making sure they got back. They did not want to get run off the floor. Now that I think, that right now that I think they think they have all that in a good spot, maybe they can send one more person to the glass mm -hmm. and still be able to cover things. And, really and obviously, Carl is that person. I think back to the Houston game, two of Carl's best sequences of that game. I think he only had two offensive rebounds in that game, but they were like the two best plays he had all night. Mm. One was when he got a rebound and then he ended up getting a three point play off of it. Yep. And the second one was he gets an offensive rebound and finds Kyle Anderson cutting mm -hmm. for a dunk. Yeah. And it was, it was yeah. that came, those both came off of offensive rebounds. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think having him on the offensive glass is huge instead of having him just drifting back mm -hmm. to cover. Um, if you're able to do that and you're still able to cover on the back end, um, they, they should that's, take advantage. that's the balance. And we've heard, we've yeah. heard Finch say this from training camp. We got to lean into what makes a big team mm -hmm. a big team. We right. can't we can't shy away from it. This is one of them. You should be out rebounding teams on the offensive glass, getting more opportunities, and now it, it does seem like they are turning that a little bit. Yeah, um, we'll see. We'll see if that continues. But yeah, be be I, the I Knicks. Think... Be the Knicks in a way. Right. <laughs> just the Knicks just get offense from offense. Well, I mean, not just, but no, they, they get do. offensive rebounds a lot because they're yeah. a big team. Because they're a big team. Yep. Yeah, it's. I think to the the transition defense point, I mm -hmm. think that like became so heavily on the scout against them. Yeah, was just like the beginning of last season before Carl got hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, the first ten games they're getting run so much, and so now teams are getting their first look at the Gobert and Towns thing, and they're like, "Well, the Spurs beat them by just running." Like clearly that's how. And, and right, then, and then that kind of became the snowball going downhill, where teams were like. We are going to run. This is the, this is the plan in this game, and it's it's not the plan for teams coming in now. I, I don't think because they're they're not seeing previous teams having an advantage by running the wolves, who are just doing a better job of getting back. That I don't even think teams are really they're, they're mm -hmm. not even really trying to super get out and transition more. And to that end, you get more offensive. You know, you can go for more offensive mm -hmm. rebounds. Some numbers here, since we love numbers on this show. Yeah, um, I was just taking a quick peek. NBA.com, just rough offensive rebounding percentage numbers. Uh, December, they were like 21st. Overall, they're 20th for the season in offensive rebounding percentage. Mm -hmm. However, four games played now in January, 12th. Mm -hmm. So moving on up a little bit yeah. um, in, in January. It's part of the cocktail. Right, right? it's part of the cocktail. It's Which a good way of putting it. We've got a lot it. of ingredients yeah. in this now. <laughs> yeah, but and, and as long as you can do that without giving up too much in transition, then you're in good shape. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I, I like where that's headed. 
Um, don't like where their defensive rebounding is headed this month. <laughs> 20, uh, 27th. Um, but yeah, if you can, it, it was a big help tonight. It really was. I just, just anecdotally thinking about, especially in that first half, like we got, I got a whole bunch of putbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nope. It's uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll add it to the mix. And I think it's definitely worth mm-hmm. naming in this game. Another one of those things that was like, yeah, that was really good for the first mm-hmm. half. And it kind of went away. You yeah, know, like the yeah, ant yeah. easy drives to the bucket, like the cat post ups, you know. And, and credit to Dallas, I think they they were like, okay, we're not, you know, we're not going to let cat go one on one in the post. We're going to load up on ant. Like mm-hmm. they made good adjustments in this game, they and did. I think the wolves were kind of or didn't have adjustments to to the adjustment there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk about this. Let's wrap it up by talking about this final or this sixteen game stretch that the wolves are on. They are uh, eight and six again, fourteen games into it um i remember like right before this stretch came Britt was like that'd be you know be a success if they go eight and eight right we always we always kind of say oh yeah they just get you know go 500 in this stretch and And then you get in and it's like well they lost this game maybe they shouldn't have won this game other way i was like you know and this probably would have been five six games ago Uh i was like i i think they could go 10 and six on it like maybe Mm -hmm. we're selling them short it is a difficult stretch but they Again, when they entered this this stretch of time, they were, uh, you know, one of the best best teams in the league, and mm-hmm. and that's what I was going to say. Like, if we we're assuming they are one of the best teams in the league, I think over five hundred is a is a reasonable, you know, expectation. And I wouldn't say even if they do lose these next two, and it is eight and eight, I think it was more about some, I don't know. The, the chaos of it all. They've been traveling so much. I mean, Mike Conley was talking to us about that after yeah. the game. I think you asked him about it. I've just, a, a lot of guys on the team have gotten sick over the past yeah. couple of weeks. And it was the first time I've heard anybody sort of name that, you know, this was, has been a, a rigorous stretch, even if they weren't talking about the opponents specifically, mm-hmm. players never really acknowledge that. We're like, Oh, it's a difficult stretch of, teams here they're like you know play who's in front of you but mike named it and it was like you know this this has been hard we've been flying all over the country a lot of guys sick doing all kinds of stuff so you know we're kind of in a weird part of the year is is what he said and outside of that three Mm -hmm. four game stretch where they were out of sorts for the most part in this 16 more times than not in this 14 games they have looked like them themselves and i think that's a i think that's a credit to them to to be able to to be doing that and be 500 or better and i don't and i think that they they hit the lull right around christmas there after that sacramento game um which was their last kind of really good game mm-hmm. um before houston, before houston. The other night. Say, yeah, houston yeah, yeah 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 uh, they kind of went through that and and as I, as they were going through it after the new orleans game i'm thinking like oh they might be limping to yeah. the finish line of this trip four games on the road coming up like good teams this yeah. could be 0-4 yeah. on this trip and they looked really good in houston they looked okay tonight you know i i think and i think they feel like they as ant was saying like that they left they left one on the table like right. and that this was not a game where they couldn't find it or they couldn't get it together they they had it mm-hmm. and then they they just lost it Right um, now, I do I do worry about this next set of games here. Um, I feel like you got to get Orlando because flying up to Boston on a back to back to play the best team in the league when you're in Orlando the night before that's not an easy flight. 
That's a toughie. That's a that's a toughie from the schedule makers. Michael Malone will be uh, very glad to see that one on the on the Wolves schedule for for those who may not know what I'm talking about. There, he was complaining about the Nuggets back to backs versus the Wolves in Oklahoma the Wolves are City. Still only at two, right? Yes, this will be their I believe their yeah. third of the season, and there, it, what will be if I'm considering the quality of opponent and the travel involved. Right. Their most difficult back to back of the season. I'm I mean, guessing. Phoenix was tough. Phoenix, Phoenix, was Phoenix was tough. Phoenix was tough. That was you, like a game twenty. You had you had a after Rudy got put in a headlock. You you but you had Stephless Golden State. Sure. The, the previous night here you're playing, you know the, you know two of the best teams in the East, um, two of the top four teams in the East. And and um, that's like, I mean, you and I will both be there. We'll be in Orlando and Boston, mm-hmm. like. I just in that Boston game, I just don't want to see that letdown of Phoenix. That, that yeah, had, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, like, don't use it as an excuse, right? You know? Like, and and I'm not, whatever. Normal mm. rest, I wouldn't expect them going into Boston being like, oh, like the Wolves are. I would right. expecting them to win that, mm-hmm. but it would be, I think it'd be worthwhile and valuable for them mm-hmm. to not be like, okay, this is the last game of this really difficult stretch that we're on. Like, let's just get home. Like. Right. Compete in these. I think it's important to compete in these two. Honestly, it might be. I don't know if it's better or worse that they're going to be playing the best team in the league that night. Like, I don't know if it's going to be like, oh, we're playing Boston. Let's just go out there and just yeah. give everything out. It's Or it'll be like the opposite. Where it's like, oh, we're playing Boston. We're going to lose anyway. <laughs> Let's just, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. I, I would like to see it not be that. Well, sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And- I, I, just, I just think that there's a reality to the way the NBA season operates that that is probably going to take over mm-hmm. um, as opposed to the ideal like yeah let's like, get, I'm saying get is, out there and, I'm gonna be cool and with give it 110% in yeah that game. Like, okay if it's like a close game yeah it, or just just thing, yeah. not the not the Phoenix don't where get, it's just don't get done. rolled yeah 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 and, yeah and and I'm only saying that because I think of the Wolves mm-hmm. as one of the better teams in the NBA yeah it, you yeah. know and and mm-hmm. to that end it's like I think that you know, should be the expectation. I'll get it. I'm, I'm acknowledging how difficult this, this stretch in, in time is. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's the reason I, and it's the reason I booked this trip is I'm interested by this hellish part of the, the schedule. Yeah, it yeah. is a I thought it was going to be, you know, a, a, a turning point of sorts um, in the season because it's going to be as we talk about the whole 16, but this four here is as difficult as it's going to get like yeah. all, all year from being all on the road to having a back at the back in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more so, I guess what I'm saying is I'm interested to see how they close it out. I'm interested to see what Orlando looks like and I'm interested to see what, what Boston looks like. And, and honestly, I want to keep seeing growth from ant and back to backs. Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. and and he's gotten slowly. I mean, he was not good early in his career, mm-hmm. um, and in back to backs, and he's slowly progressed there. But I don't know. I I would, I would like to think that even a tired ant goes into Boston, and is like, let's go. Like yeah. this is part two of that Jason Tatum battle that that yeah. those that mm-hmm. those guys. If I remember correctly, Boston I think was on a back to back for that game. Maybe not. I, I don't, don't, don't think they were. That. They they did not have Derek White. They didn't have that Derek was, White. That was that their, was their their the... little handicap in yeah. that one. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, no Derek White. But I'm pretty sure they were not on a back to back. The Knicks were on a back to back, and yeah. the Sixers 
were on a back-to-back when they came to Target Okay, Center, maybe but, that's what I was yeah, confusing I with think. there. Yeah. But I, I guess, long story short, mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm curious to see what happens mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. on on this trip here because they don't have any of the excuses that Mike Malone and others have been making for mm-hmm. them. Um, and it's an opportunity to to show something. Mm-hmm. And they're capable. Yeah. Like they can go into Boston to win. Like yeah. they're a good team. Um, I'm and I think they have a maturity and a professionalism about mm-hmm. them given the veterans that they have on this team, that mm-hmm. it's like there is that awareness on the plane, on that flight, the, you know, from Orlando to Boston. I'm like, you know, we got work to do uh, today here. And I don't want to brush over Orlando either. That's mm-hmm. going to be a team that's going to fight and be physical, mm-hmm. kind of like the Knicks game in, in ways. Like yeah. I think Ben Caro is kind of like Randall, you know. Um, I'm, I'm just, yeah, I don't have any sort of prediction. I don't know what that is going to look like exactly, but – I'm going to note these four games in particular um, of a really a litmus test yeah. of 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 this team in in the in the vein of like are they great you know yeah I think for for me to go into the second half of the season being like this might be a great team um, what they do in Orlando and Boston will will help me uh at least just personally sort of sure uh, to define that oh yeah i mean a, a two and zero record over these next two games is wild jet fuel i feel yeah. like for the rest of the season i mm-hmm. think and i think they would really feel that if they somehow pulled that off um, and i think you need yeah, i mean just to yeah. be real i think they need jet fuel yeah to be a contender contender yeah I and and I I don't think that's being harsh you can't you can't rely on Oh, we're going to go through a soft part of the schedule now. We'll pile up some wins here, like and yeah. you can do that and be a really, really good team. Right, right. Like mm-hmm. to be thinking like great as we go into mm-hmm. the deadline and seating and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. That's just that's where I'm at in my head with it. It's been an interesting, it's been a journey of a yes. of a 16 game stretch, and there's been ups and downs, but. You know, credit mm-hmm. to them. Eight and six while getting sick, while being on the road. I think kind of living through the 16 games, I have a little even more yeah. respect than I would I th- have. I think, I think they've handled, I think they've handled it. Yeah, I think they've handled it. Like if I was grading it on a scale of one to ten, I think they've handled this stretch so far at a seven. Yeah. I feel like. Um, could have been like an eight after tonight if they had won. Sure. Um it's just was that like weird it's just four like, game ball and when you Christmas. and when you look at the rest of the schedule, just the way it's formatted, um, this was so weird in in terms of like going to the East Coast and then immediately going home for a game and then out to the West Coast and then back and then down to Oklahoma and then back again and then. New York, now Texas, back to Minnesota before that, and now back to Florida again, then back up to the Northeast again. It's brutal. It's really weird. It's It's really weird. The rest of the season is much more structured in terms of like, okay, they're going to be in Los Angeles for a while, and then they're going to go to Utah for a while, and it's going to be a road trip where they're away for a while, but then they're going to have like six in a row at home. Then they're going to go on the road again for a little while, but it's not going to be crazy. And then they're going to be home again for a while. Like there's that one stretch of like 
like I don't know, like eight or nine at home and one one off road game in Denver or something like that. It's a much more right. evenly paced schedule which is maybe, the rest of the season after they get through this. Which is maybe why mm-hmm. if they do lose in Orlando and Boston, mm-hmm. you know, it is still eight and eight. Yeah. Over this mm-hmm. and and I I mean I'm not gonna be like some sort of failure. I, I'm really only looking mm-hmm. at Orlando and Boston as like upside. Like to really, because I think those are two of the best teams in the league. Fair. Like yeah, to, to to show me something in the most difficult time. Um, I'll be I'll be really impressed by those yeah. by those wins. And and if not, like okay, seven out of ten. Yeah. Maybe maybe if they lose those two, it's a six out of ten. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But not a not a not meeting expectations. Just a difficult stretch in the schedule mm-hmm. that they they went eight and eight in. But we'll see. We'll see what happens in Orlando and Boston. Uh, Chris and I uh, will be there. You're obviously reading everything uh, Chris does over at the Star Tribune. We will, uh, we'll see how I perform on a back-to-back between Orlando and Boston. If my uh, if my writing is up to up to snuff, and yeah. you, could, you could critique me on that uh, on that front, we'll see if I get some jet fuel for the rest of the season right, right, after that right. trip. We all, we all need yeah. some. No, we're uh, we're we're settling in. I'm 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 excited about like it's the turn of the year. Mm-hmm. It's uh, there's different chapters of the season, right? And and I always kind of think about it as post Christmas is chapter two, right? Yeah. And then um, post deadline, deadline is, yeah. is chapter three, and the playoffs are chapter four. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, this is a this is a tough chapter, mm-hmm. and and they're they're handling it okay, maybe a little bit better than than okay, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's that's commendable. I'm just always trying to figure out like what is my expectation line, and um, I'm learning that over over the course of time of just broadly how i feel about this team in the greater context of the greatest teams uh in the nba because there's some great it's a it's a it's a it's a great yeah. league right now with a lot of parity at the top and the wolves uh the wolves belong in that and they're um they're navigating and, and trying to distinguish themselves in that and we'll see we'll see how that goes in uh orlando in boston uh chris i appreciate you staying up late here as always at american airlines center, center. Um, in in Dallas, uh, yes. Again, follow Chris on Twitter at Christopher Hine. I'm Dane at Dane Moore MBA. Jace and I will be back uh, to talk to you on Tuesday morning, and then Britt will be down here in Orlando uh, on, on Tuesday night for the for the Wolves Magic game, and Britt and I, much like Chris and I are doing right now, will record after that one as well. So until then, he's Chris. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man, I hope it never stop, yeah Green it hard so you can find me in the crowd, yeah, yeah Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down, yeah Hope you dancing like nobody else around, yeah. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. 
Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com 